0: Hi, in this episode of How We Got Here, I thought we would look at some black preachers that you may not have known. One is John Morant, and he was born in New York in 1755. Uh, His father died when he was young, and so he traveled with his mother to Florida and Georgia, South Carolina. He learned how to read, play the violin, and the French horn. In 1770, as a teenager, John Morant, a black man, went to a Great Awakening Revival meeting with George Whitefield. George Whitefield was the first preacher to preach to mixed-race crowds. The Calvinists in the early 1600s were old lights, and they did not like the emotionalism of the new lights, these evangelists. And so George Whitefield was not allowed to preach in the church, so he preached outside. Well, uh, John Morant heard the gospel and became a Christian. And he was rejected by his family. And so he wanders out in the woods, and he lives in the woods, and God provides for him, and then he befriends the Cherokee Indians. And the he learns their language, and he's living amongst them. And then the Revolutionary War heats up, and the British would go to the Indians and entice them to side with the British against the Americans. And so John Morant was captured by the Cherokee and the chief, even though he was black, he thought that he was an American. And so he ties him up and he's about to kill him when John Morant begins to preach the gospel to him in his own Cherokee language. Talk about preaching life like your life depended on it. The chief is fascinated. He listens. He converts. He believes. He frees John Morant. And gives him permission to preach amongst the tribe and then allows him to preach in the other tribes to the creek and catawba and the who tribes then john morant decides to go back to south carolina to preach among the slaves and the british say you're an american well they impress him into the british navy what's that well the british ship would be in the harbor and they'd send some ruffians to walk the streets and if there was a young man all by himself They would grab him by both sides and drag him onto the ship and lock him below deck. And 100 miles out, open the deck and say, if you want to eat, get to work. (laughs) And so John Morant was in the British Navy and winds up in London. And he preaches in London for a while. And then he goes to Newfoundland uh, and to Nova Scotia, where he preaches and helps start a church. He preaches to a great number of Indians and white people at Greens Harbor, Newfoundland. Well, the Countess of Huntington, a missionary-minded, wealthy lady in England, prints his life, and it's the narrative of the Lord's wonderful dealings with John Morant, a black, and it goes through 17 editions. So just a fascinating story of John Morant, a black man in the period during the Revolution. Then you have George Lyle. He was a slave, and he was born in 1750, Uh, He was in Virginia and then taken to Georgia in 1752. And when he was 23, he heard a great awakening preacher. This one was a Reverend Matthew Moore and George Lyle. And that is spelled L-I-E-L-E. He uh, writes that I saw the condemnation in my own heart and found no way wherein I could escape the damnation of hell only through the merits of my dying Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, George Lyle attended the Buckhead Creek Baptist Church with his master, Henry Sharp, who was a deacon. And Henry Sharp would hear George Lyle preaching and was so impressed that he freed George Lyle. And George Lyle began to preach, gather a following, and he started Silver Bluff Baptist Church in Beach Island, South Carolina in 1773, And it's considered quite possibly the first black congregation in America. When the Revolutionary War threatened, George Lyle moved his church from that area, South Carolina to Georgia around Savannah. And they met in a barn of a slave owner, Jonathan Bryan. And as the church grew, one of the slaves got saved, Andrew Bryan. Slaves would often take the last name of their master. And Andrew Bryan turned into being such a good preacher that he took over pastoring the church. And it was called the First Bryan Baptist Church. And it was one of the first black congregations in America. It, by 1802, the church had grown to 700 members and changed it, its name to the First African Baptist Church. The Savannah Baptist Association wrote of his death in 1812. And this is from the Wald Builder report. As the association is sensibly affected by the death of Reverend Andrew Bryan, a man of color and pastor of the first colored church in Savannah, this son of Africa also suffered inexpressible persecutions in the cause of his divine master. Was at length permitted to discharge the duties of, <clears throat> excuse me, the ministry among his colored friends in peace, quite hunt um, peace and quiet, hundreds of whom through his instrumentality were brought to the knowledge of truth as it is in Jesus. And so that's Andrew Bryan, who pastored the church that had been founded by George Lyle. Well, one of George Lyle's other converts was David George. In 1773, when the British captured Savannah, Georgia during the revolution, and then the British took people on board, well, one of them was David George, and he ends up going with the British to Nova Scotia, and he founds a black Baptist church there. And then in 1792, he goes to Freetown, Sierra Leone, and David George starts a black Baptist church there in Africa. As the revolution grew, George Lyle decided to take his wife and family and go to Jamaica. Alan Neely wrote in Biographical Dictionary of Christian Missions, in order to be evacuated with other royalists and British troops. Lyle obtained a loan and accepted the status of an indentured servant to pay passage for himself, his wife, and for his four children to Jamaica. Landing there in 1783, he soon repaid the debt and secured permission to preach to the slaves on the island. And George Lyle, um, was a missionary there. Now this is before William Carey, before Adoniram Judson. And so quite possibly George Lyle is the first missionary sent out from America to another country, right? We did have Americans go among the Indians but that's on our same land. So George Lyle, a black man, the first missionary. And he ended up baptizing hundreds and he started numerous congregations uh, by 1814, they estimate 8,000 Christians were in Jamaica as a result of George Lyle's work. And then uh, you have uh, another individual, and it's Richard Allen. Richard Allen was a slave, Great Awakening revivals taking place, and his master, uh, Stokely Sturgis, allows him to attend camp meeting revivals. And uh, at the age of seven, in the year 1777, Richard Allen converted. And he uh, then invited the preacher uh, to come to the plantation. Uh, Richard Allen, now that he was a Christian, he worked harder so that it would show that uh, Christianity did not make him slothful. And he thought, well, if he's sort of being lazy, then the master wouldn't let any of the other slaves go to the revival meeting. And so he worked harder as a as a Christian. Well, then the Methodist preacher came to the plantation and preached. And when the master heard that slave owners in the day of judgment would be weighed in the balance and found wanting, he was convicted. And he made arrangements for Richard Allen to be freed. And then Richard Allen ends up becoming a licensed exhorter. It's a little bit less than ordained uh, minister, a licensed exhorter in, in 1783. And he preaches in Delaware, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, walking so much that his feet become severely blistered. Uh, Richard Allen, together with some other black preachers from St. George's Methodist Episcopal Church, began their own church. And they were ordained by Bishop Francis Asbury. Now, who is he? Uh, George Whitfield was the preacher and he dies and uh, around 1770 and so John Wesley gets a 26 year old Francis Asbury to take his place and so Francis Asbury is a circuit riding preacher and he ordained Richard Allen and then uh, they have this new church and Francis Asbury dedicates Richard Allen's church in 1794 and they need some money and so who donates but George Washington That's right. George Washington donated money to Richard Allen's church. When George Washington died, Richard Allen gave a beautiful eulogy, praising him as being such a a wonderful person. Uh, And then Dr. Benjamin Rush, who was a signer of the Declaration, he gave money to Richard Allen's church. Uh, 1816, uh, the church changed. uh, It started from a church to a denomination, and it was called the African Methodist Episcopal Church, or A-M-E. And it was there in Philadelphia and began to have um, uh, branch churches all around the country, and then eventually the world. Their main church is called Mother Bethel, and it's the oldest piece of real estate continuously owned by African-Americans in America. And Richard Allen then supports a missionary to Haiti. George Lyle went to Jamaica. This person is Scipio Beans, S-C-I-P-I-O, Scipio Beans. He goes to Haiti in 1827 and helps change that nation. And then there is um, Jarena Lee, and she is the first woman to receive authorization to preach from Richard Allen. And uh, Richard Allen dies in 1831, and the church, the AME church, had grown to 10,000 members and since then to over 3 million. And the motto of the AME church is God our Father, Christ our Redeemer, the Holy Spirit our Comforter, humankind, our family. Well, uh, a quote from Richard Allen's autobiography. I was born in the year of our Lord, 1760, February 14th, a slave of Benjamin Chu in Philadelphia. My mother, father, four children of us were sold to Delaware, uh, and I was a child and lived there upwards to the 20 years of age. During that time, I was awakened and brought to see myself, poor, wretched, undone, and without mercy of God, I must be lost. I went with my head bowed for several days. My sins were heavy, a burden. I was tempted to believe there was no mercy for me. I cried to the Lord both day and night. One night, I thought hell would be my portion. I cried unto him who delighted to hear the prayers of a poor sinner. And all of a sudden, my dungeon shook, my chains flew off, and glory to God, I cried. My soul was filled. I cried, enough, for me, the Savior died. And Richard Allen was there when they had a decision that was made in the black community. So there was for the first four or five presidential terms in America, uh, this movement to send the black Africans back to Africa, that's where they came from. Many of them had just recently come over there. So there was this movement to send them back and many of them pioneered by black leaders themselves. Like David George went to Sierra Leone, well, Uh, This was coming up for a debate, and it was going to go one way or going to go the other. But Richard Allen was at the meeting, and he said, This land, which we have watered with our tears, our blood, is now our mother country, and we are well satisfied to stay where wisdom abounds, and the gospel is free. And so that stopped the movement to go back to Africa. And uh, another famous preacher is Harry Hoosier. And he uh, was ordained by Francis Asbury. Uh, he was there with Richard Allen at the famous Christmas conference. So, the Anglican church had John Wesley start a revival movement inside of the Anglican church called Methodism. And uh, when, but it was still inside the Anglican church. And so, when the Revolutionary War starts, a lot of Anglican ministers go back to England because the king is the head of the Anglican church. And Francis Asbury says, I, I can't leave a harvest fishing field that, that's ripe for the harvest. And so he si- decides to stay. And Francis Asbury decides to stay in America and to split the Methodist revival movement out of the Anglican church into its own denomination. And it was done at the Christmas conference in 1784. Uh, very important conference because the Anglicans lost lots of members. And so, for example, in Virginia, the Anglicans had a majority. And so now people left being Anglican because it was the established church. The Anglicans took it a year or so, they were panicking, and they quickly created the Episcopal Church, which was almost the same except without the king. But nevertheless, the Methodist was their own denomination. And you had Richard Allen with the African Methodist Episcopal Church, and then you had Harry Hoosier. Now, Harry Hoosier could not read, but he would ride along with Francis Asbury and the other bishops in the Methodist church. One was named Thomas Koch, and he would listen to their sermons and he would uh, memorize them. And as they rode, they would recite the Bible and he read the Bible and he would memorize it. And Bishop Thomas Koch said, I really believe he is one of the best preachers in the world, Harry Hoosier. There is such an amazing power that attends his preaching. And he is one of the humblest creatures I ever saw. And uh, one of them goes on to say that uh, he was illiterate uh, so that he could not read. But uh, he would repeat with great accuracy the scriptures and that many would rather hear him than the bishop. So when he would get up and preach and Harry Hoosier's sermon called the Baron Fig Tree was the first sermon by a black man that was printed in 1781. And Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration, who was giving money to Richard Allen's church, he heard Harry Hoosier and he said that he had preached the best sermon that he had ever heard in his entire life. And uh, now Harry Hoosier uh, did not want to go preach in the South because it was a Democrat territory and they had slavery and a black person could be kidnapped or brought back into slavery. And so Harry Hoosier decided he would preach in the Western territory of Ohio, bordering Indiana. And just like Luther's followers were called Lutherans, a lot of Harry Hoosier's followers were called Hoosiers. And so since they were in the Western Ohio and Indiana area, that is most likely the etymology of the Indiana Hoosiers. So fascinating Black history in America, Black preachers that helped to change and form the face of our country during the colonial and the early 1800 period of time. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of How We Got Here.